0: Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu Allaha wa rasula wa ulil amri minkum Bismillah alhamdulillah wa salatu wa ala rasulillah dear brothers and sisters assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to this episode of Islamica where we ask answer your questions about anything uh, related to Islam. Now brothers and sisters, um, I already actually have some questions in front of me that people have been sending in. So without further ado, I will uh, begin to go into them straight away. I have a question here um, about Umrah. Assalamu alaykum. A sister is going to start her cycle so I'm assuming her menstrual period, um, two days before her flight for Umrah. She cannot take any tablets to delay her cycle due to other medications she takes. How can she perform her Umrah while on her cycle? She is only in Makkah for four days and so will not have finished her menses. Okay, JazakAllah Khairan. Okay, this is a a, quite a common question. And of course, you know, if you think about it, you know, something like your menstruation is something, subhanAllah, it's something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordained for women, right? And so he wouldn't put a burden on us more than we can bear. So the general uh, way to deal with this is, yes, um, some of the scholars say that it's a good idea if you do have time to take these tablets, go, go to your doctor consult with your doctor there are certain tablets you can take that then delay the onset of your uh, monthly period and so if you could delay it until the end of the umrah then that could be a possible option however uh, if you're not able to do that and you know or if you don't want to do that then the other option is that when you go on umrah You enter the state of Ihram, so you enter the state of Ihram uh, at the Miqat, at the point, you know, there are certain points at which you have to enter the state of Ihram. Just outside Makkah, once you enter the state of Ihram, it doesn't matter if you're in your mensis or not, you know, you can enter that state. Then uh, you carry on to Makkah and you're in that state of Ihram throughout that period. Uh, the one thing that you can't do is make tawaf. And so what you would do is you would uh, stay in your uh, hotel, you know, you would wait in the state of ihram for a few days. If you think your period might finish before you leave, then, you know, that would be the best thing for you to do, just to wait and then go and make the tawaf, go and make the sa'i and complete the umrah, okay? But if you have a flight to catch, there's no way you can delay it. You know, if there's a really high level of uh, probability that you're not going to be able to do it in time, uh, then what you've got to do is, uh, you know, you are permitted because it's like a necessity. It's a necessity uh, to actually, you know, go and make tawaf even in a state of menstruation. Of course, you have to make sure that Uh, there's no chance of any impurities coming you know uh, soiling the masjid or anything like that of course take all the precautions that are needed and uh, go and make your tawaf and sa'i and that would be considered a, a a situation of necessity but like i said if it's possible to delay your flight that's what you really should do if it's possible to just wait until the period has finished Menses is finished, you stay in a state of ihram within Makkah till the period is finished and then you complete the rites of Umrah and then you know, you can exit the state of ihram before you leave. Jazakum <laughs> khairan. Next question. I wanted to ask a question about reading the quls and blowing. I was advised to do it at night. Can it also be done in the morning or at any time one feels the need for protection? Thank you. Yes. so. You know, the practice of uh, making ruqya on yourself, uh, uh, you know, cupping your hands and then saying or reciting the um, the short surahs of the Quran, the Qul surahs, uh, and then blowing it over oneself, that it's not something that you have to do at night. It can be done at any time. So that's absolutely fine, it's for protection. Okay, another question I have here is, is it permissible to breastfeed your child beyond the age of two? Really, uh, you should stop at the age of two, you know, try not to go beyond that. So probably as your child is approaching the age of two, you want to start cutting down on the number of times you're breastfeeding. So maybe for example, Uh, stop the daytime feeds right and only feed at night or vice versa Um, and then just you know start eliminating the feeds more and more of of course at the same time you're increasing the amount of food and uh, milk cow's milk you know that the child is um, consuming and so there's no nutritional issue there Uh, at the age of two that's that's the limit you know you shouldn't Uh, go beyond that you should try your best to finish before that and there's no nutritional reason why your child would need it beyond that age either so inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best Um, another question I have here salaam alaykum I wanted to know if I should keep meeting my sister who has two young children and now she is married to a Christian man I don't want my own children to be negatively influenced. I don't want them to start thinking it's OK. And maybe they could also do something similar, although I'm sure they know it's not OK. Also, if I should keep meeting her, should I also invite her husband? Is any of this permissible? OK, um, so that's that's a, uh, quite a predicament, I guess, because, you know, on the one side, it's your sister. And uh, on the other hand, you know, uh, she's obviously in a relationship that the Sharia deems haram. Uh, And then on uh, the other issue that you have is that you have children and obviously, you know, uh, you don't want them to be affected. Okay, I think um, one of the simple advices I could give is that inshallah, you should, of course, maintain maintain the ties of kinship with your sister. You should maintain the, <clears throat> the ties of kinship with your sister. Um, and that means, you know, uh, saying the salam to her, uh, fulfilling her needs and those kinds of things. If you think her coming to your house, I mean, her coming to your house by herself, that should not be an issue either, you know. Inshallah, uh, perhaps by her coming to your house, this might influence her and help her to become more practicing, etc. cetera. Um, where I would perhaps draw the line, and this is obviously for you uh, a decision that you need to make, is that if I feel that somebody, and not just in this issue, but any issue, if you think about it, you know, if you had a sibling who perhaps was drinking alcohol or doing any kind of thing that the Sharia disapproves of or that is haram, uh, where I thought that that thing would now start influencing my children, uh, where that thing now is uh, becoming harmful to my own family, that's where I would probably draw the line. So in terms of like keeping relations with her, you know, I think you should keep relations with her inshallah, especially you know, those of us living in Western countries. You know We're already a minority as Muslims. So, um, you know, the idea of kind of ostracizing somebody, uh, you know, that that's only gonna cause probably more harm than good, you know? Uh, it, it's obviously a, a decision that every family needs to make for themselves. But I would say in terms of keeping relations with her personally, uh, is definitely something you can do. At the same time, you know, like I said, just as somebody, any any impermissible thing undesirable thing that somebody in our family is doing we might want to have that chat with our children right when they get to an age where they can understand and appreciate this that not everybody who is a muslim is necessarily you know doing the right thing is necessarily uh, practicing islam and i don't think there's anything wrong with us being very open about that with our children because if we're not open, unfortunately, that can cause a lot of confusion, can't it? A child will be asking, "Well, how come? You know, this auntie of mine does this, and my parents say that this is not allowed, or that person says it is allowed." And that, per-. so uh, I think, in order to prevent confusion, uh, what we as parents should do is make it clear to our children what the Sharia says and why. And then let them know that Muslims, you know, different Muslims, even our own relatives, are sometimes on their own journey. You know, they might be making mistakes. They might not feel strong enough. You know, they might be falling into sin. But that's not something that we want to emulate. And we want to help them to come out of that sin. So, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes the situation easy for you. Mm. Salam from an anonymous sister. I saw my sister who is living in in my dream, and I was doing her ghusl. Is there any meaning behind this? Okay, um, I personally do not know what the meaning behind that might be. Okay, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not versed in uh, the interpretation of dreams, uh, but inshallah you know when we have a positive um dream then hopefully it has a positive meaning um and brothers and sisters do feel free to call in to the studio as well especially our younger brothers and sisters you know a few weeks back we had some younger callers and i think that's it's really nice you know uh allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has um encouraged us and the quran and sunnah encourage us to ask questions to gain clarification on any issues That we might be curious about That might be bothering us uh, Especially in relation to our deen assalamu alaykum. Is a husband obliged to heed To a father-in-law's instructions Which favour the desires of the wife and her parents But which is against the desires of the husband and his parents um, I'm afraid I need a bit more clarification on that question uh, Because it's a little bit too cryptic. Uh, sisters asking, can I read the Quran during my period? If yes, do I make wudu? I think the easiest way uh, to read Quran uh, when a woman is on her menses is to do it on a digital device. You know, because it's actually the touching of the mushaf, the physical touching of a mushaf. And a mushaf is basically a copy of the Quran that, uh, so a book, for example, or a page, that the, the majority of which is Arabic Qur'an, right? Um, if a copy of the Qur'an does not have the majority of the text within it uh, as Qur'an, then inshallah, we can touch that copy. So for example, a translation, you know, if you're reading from a translation, a book of translation, the majority of the text in that book is gonna be probably in English, Uh, is not Quran Uh, but when there's a Mus'haf that is pure Arabic that's the Mus'haf that you shouldn't hold and touch Uh, so really one of the best ways uh, to deal with this is to use a digital Quran you can go on Quran.com there's there's loads of apps out there right Uh, you can just download them onto your phone and you can read them from your phone and in order to read from your phone you don't need to have you don't need to be in a state of wudu' Assalamu alaikum, Kola. <laughs> wa alaikum <laughs> salam, Rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Sister, I would like to ask you mm-hmm. if you've got a little bit of interest money, and um, is it allowed for us to give it to a children's hospital? Is it allowed to give it to a children's hospital or any hospital for that matter or anywhere? Okay. It's interest money. Mm, okay, Jazakallah khairan. Thank you for the question. Thank you. Jazakallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Okay, I had a question about um, how to check out a spouse for marriage. You know, what is the best way for us uh, as Muslims? Obviously, we don't have uh, premarital relations. What are some of the means that we can take? to uh, check out a spouse before marriage to do our due diligence so one of the important things that we can do apart from obviously meeting that person with our uh mahram you know with our wali preferably so if, it, if you're a sister you know you would want to meet that person with your father or with your brother if you're a brother you would want to meet The prospective sister, perhaps with a member of your family, it would be a good idea. Maybe your mother. Um, And the reason for that is that, you know, our elders, they obviously have the breadth of experience. They know uh, certain things to look out for that perhaps you won't be looking out for, you know, especially if you're very attracted to somebody. You know, it's not something that you might notice. Um, And so it's good to have the views of our elders and for them to be present in some of the meetings that we have with that person to ask the right questions, etc. cetera. Um, the other thing is uh, what you can do is actually request references. Unfortunately, this is something that a lot of people don't do. Um, but if you think about it, if you were going to interview somebody for a job that you had or something that you wanted them to do, one of the things you do is to request references, right? And the reason for that is obviously somebody who's perhaps worked with that person before or lived with that person will have more of an insight into their personality into their character uh, etc so i think one of the important things you can do is ask them to provide you with references and you know try not for it not just to be their best friends you know but somebody who's actually traveled with them or lived with them or done business with them you know um or even like uh, studied with them you know those kinds of things, and if that ref- reference is a Muslim then of course they should know that they've got to be very very honest they've got to be very honest they're allowed to disclose any negative traits of that person as well or any anything negative that uh, that you know that might that you should know um, And so they should be very, very honest. And and in that case, it wouldn't be considered backbiting at all. You know, it's something that they should do. And subhanAllah, sometimes, you know, there's certain insights that you can get from a reference that you wouldn't ever really be able to get from a few meetings, um, or from knowing somebody for a short amount of time or from only meeting, you know, their, their family. So I'd really encourage brothers and sisters, you know, before you get married to, Uh, to seek out references, to seek out people who, like I said, have either travelled, lived with, uh, done business with, studied with uh, your prospective spouse and ask them for either a written or other type of reference. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. أطيع الله وأطيع الرسول وأولي الأمر منكم